Good morning, church, and Merry Christmas. I think I'm on, right, and going? All right. I got my sons here. They're um, behind the cameras, and I'm here in, in my house. It's a little different. I prefer to be uh, at Garfield with everyone, but it is Christmas morning, and I, I'm here with my family, and I know you're there with your family, and that's what Christmas, the thing that we look forward to is just be having that time together uh, with family. And for any of you here this morning that maybe Christmas is, is, uh, is a tough time um, because of you've lost a family member or you don't have that relationship like you, like you want with your family members. I want to say to you that God is a father to the fatherless. He is a mother. He is everything. He is all in all. He can be uh, what you need today, and which is why we sang the song, He is Faithful. Uh, oh, come all ye faithful. And we say, and so therefore we adore him. And we hear that song at Christmas time every year. And, and that part, come let us adore him. I really like that part. And in 2016, in December uh, of 2016, I did a two-part series called Let Us Adore Him. And this morning I'm taking parts of those messages and melding them together. I didn't go back and listen to them because I wanted it to, you know, there's, I'm just looking at the notes and I just mashed it all together, those two. And uh, this morning, I believe that we will be able to um, get it all done. I'm going to start my timer, and hopefully we'll get it done uh, uh, within 30 minutes or so. I don't want to keep you too long, because I know this is Christmas, and like I said, it's that time together with family. But we need to adore the Lord on this time as well, because of what Christ has done on this day that we celebrate. And we start by, uh, we have to start by learning what does the word adore mean. So dictionary.com, who's never gone there, right? So we go to dictionary.com for the word adore, and it means to regard with the utmost esteem, love and respect, honor, to pay divine honor to, to worship. And then Easton's Bible Dictionary says to worship. For the word adore, it says to worship, to express reverence, and homage. So this is very important. When we sing these, these songs, what do they mean? And so I think breaking this word down and taking a look at what adore mean was, is important for us to hear. And I want to answer two questions today about this. Number one is, why should we adore him? Why should we adore him? And the answer to that really is simply because of who Jesus is. Number one Jesus, we adore him because Jesus is our Savior. He is our Savior. And I want to look back at uh, in Luke chapter 2 because, you know, you can look at the what's called the Christmas story or Jesus' birth in Matthew and in Luke, the two accounts that we have, and so I'm going to read from, from Luke today, because there, but there's different things that you can gather from each one. And so I want to encourage you uh, to take a look at that, maybe even this week, and look at, at all of the scriptures. We're just going to be reading some here today. And we're going to read the, what the angel said to the shepherds, because the angel appeared to the shepherds. And we look at verse 8, we're going to start in verse 8, and it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings 
of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, let me say this. If I was standing there and an angel appeared to me, even if he said, don't be afraid, I think I would still probably be afraid because I've never seen anything like that. And if you think about that, if you saw a manifestation, an angel appeared and your spiritual eyes were open and you began to see, I think you would be a little uh, afraid as well. But he says, do not be afraid because I'm bringing you a great word here. I'm going to bring you great tidings. I'm going to bring you something. I'm going to tell you something that's extremely important. Now let's look at this. Then the angel said to them, or in verse 11, it says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Extremely important. Remember, he is our savior. And we know this. And verse 12 says, this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So it says here, he is our Savior. You're going to find a Savior, or you could say deliverer, but delivered from what? We're delivered and we're saved from separation from God. That's what Christ did when he came. We now, that the, the, the breach has been repaired and we now have access to the Father because Jesus coming here on the earth. So number one, we should adore him simply because he is our Savior. And number two, we adore him simply because he is our Lord, our Lord. There is a difference from Jesus being our Savior and our Lord. If we look, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5, says, we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus, what? The Lord, the Lord. And Lord in the Greek means this, he to whom a person belongs, about which he has the power of deciding, master, Lord. That is very good. And I like the word, uh, you know, where he says, it says a person belongs, he has the power of deciding, master, Lord. The title Lord indicates someone who has the power to exercise his authority over someone. So we serve the Lord. And it's not a bad thing. See, people thinking like, oh, I'm serving somebody. That's like a negative thing. Well, do you think of it a negative thing when you go to a restaurant and you get served? No, especially when I go and get me a nice steak somewhere and the server's coming and serving me. I like that. You can serve me steak. You can serve me some more. So, yeah, I went to Texas Roadhouse. They gave me a ribeye. They gave me those nice, those rolls are so good there. If you have not been there, be there. Go there. If you say, well, teacher, I don't have the money for that. Don't worry. I'll spot you at 20, 30, and you can go. All right, so the title of Lord indicates someone who has power to exercise his authority over someone. A Lord was someone who was served by others. And we are to serve Jesus. We serve him. And it's a joy to do that. You know how I like the difference when you have someone coming and serving your table and somebody has a nice big smile on their face and they're happy and all that and they're talking to you and stuff. And then someone who just comes and they're just kind of glum and they may half, half listen to what you're saying and get your order wrong. Which server do you want? You want that one that's smiling, that's, a, that's coming, that's a, that has a, 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 that smile on their face and they're ready to serve. We need to be ready to serve the Lord. And the third one, why we should adore him is simply because of who he is, and he is our king. He is our savior, our Lord, our king. In John 18, verse 37, it says, Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world. This is the whole reason he came, is that he is our savior, 
our Lord, and he is our king. To testify to the truth, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now, the title of king indicates someone who has the power to exercise absolute dominion over all his realm. We serve a great supreme ruler who is not oppressive, but kind and loving. Church, he's not like the dictators of this world. And his kingdom is not of this world. It's not in the way that we see kingdom. His kingdom's different. It's his rule and reign on your heart and on my heart. We serve a God who's our Savior, our Lord, and our King, okay, of our hearts. He's sitting on the throne of our hearts. At least that's what he should be. That's where he should be for you. We need to get ourselves off the throne and we put him on the throne. Now, I could preach a message just right there on that, okay? But let's go back to that screen. He is, we should adore him. He is our Savior, our Lord, and he is our King. Now, just leave this up here, Aaron, for me if you would. Because we should adore him, regard him, which means regard him with the utmost esteem, love, respect, honor. We worship God because of who he is. But also just, just, and this is another thing that he really is. We don't have this on screen, but he is good. God is good. God is good. And these things, oh, we do have this. Okay, so these things make him good uh, for him because, you know, see, we think of, you know, the rulers of this earth, and we, we look at that a lot of times. But God is perfect in all his ways. And so, therefore, these things here makes him good. He is good. Psalms 107.1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Psalms 119.68, You are good and do good. God is the original definition of good. We should just have, like if we look up good in the dictionary, it should just say God, you know, right there. Enough said, right? No, we got more, but he is good in and of himself. For us, goodness is an added quality. But for him, he just, he just is. He is good. But it comes, it, it's natural for him. God is not just the greatest of beings. He is the best. God is the very definition of good. For us, goodness is an added quality. He is just, he just is. He just is good. This is why Jesus said in Mark 10, 18, that there is none good but one that is God. So we should adore God because of who he is and because he is good. Now, the next question that I want to ask, and we need to answer. We, we did why we should adore him, and it's simply because of those things. Now, we need to answer, answer the question, how should we adore him? How should we adore him? And I want us to look at the shepherd's example, because I believe they give us a perfect example in, the, in this Christmas story of how we should adore the Lord. Luke 2, verse 15 says, So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see. Look, go and see. All right, lock that in. Go and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made him widely known, uh, he, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising. So we had go and see, and now we got glorifying and praising. See, the first thing was, we're going to go and see. That's our action. The angel said to go do that, so we're going to go do that. Seeking is the first step to adoring the Lord. We must come and adore him. We will see him if we pursue him. That's why it says go and see. So many of us, we say, well, I don't see the Lord. I don't feel the Lord. I don't do that. Have you gone? We got to go. We got to get on our face before God. We've got to praise him. We've got to worship him. We've got to be in his word to get into his presence, to see him as he wants us to see him. You actually have to go. So we go and we see. In verse 20 here, then it says they return glorifying and praising. Glorifying in the Greek means this, to glorify God, meaning to render glory to him, recognize him for who and what he is, to celebrate with praises, worship, and adoration. That's good. So to recognize him for who and what he is, you must do that in your heart. Okay, you got to do this in your heart, this glorifying and praising. Yes, you, you, it's with your mouth, but what's behind what you're saying? It's from my heart. I'm going, I want to seek the Lord with all of my heart, everything. I want to adore him with all of my being, glorifying and praising him. It needs to come from the heart. And the mouth is expressing how my heart is feeling. Amen? All right, so Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So we see that the shepherd's example is to glorify and praise him. And in Hebrews here, it says continually offering this praise up to God. Continually, all the time. That's good. Now I want us to look at the Magi's example because they show us something too. We glorify and we pray. We go and see. We glorify and praise. And now let's look at the Magi's example in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. So we switch over to the other account. And we see, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, Magi from the east, arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who had been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. There's that word worship. We got that there. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them to exact time, them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me so that I may come and worship him. Of course, we know he's a liar. And hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Mm. This is good. In verse 2, we have worship. But in verse 11, this was their response when they got there. 
they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Mm, extremely good. Extremely good. Now, adore, according to Easton's Bible Dictionary, one more time, I want us to, to, to listen to this. To worship, to express reverence and homage. The forms of adoration among the Jews were putting off the shoes, as we see in Exodus 3, 5. And, and um, I got the wrong scripture on the next one, so I'm not sure where it is. But And prostration, which we see in Genesis 17, 3, Psalms 95, 6, Isaiah 45, 15, 17, 19, and Isaiah 46, 6. And I know you can pause, rewind if you want to go look all these scriptures up. But it is the Jews, they put off their shoes and they prostrated themselves before the Lord. In Psalms 95, 6, it says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. See, to kneel or bow to someone is a sign of submission to that person. Part of our worship to God is to submit to him and his ways. So see, the shepherds showed us that we are to glorify and praise. And then the Magi just take it, just, it seems to me, just, just to me, it's, it's, it, as I'm reading, a little bit further. They got there, they worshiped, they got on the ground, prostrated themselves before God. They bowed down, they kneeled before the Lord, the Savior, the Messiah. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Here's the thing about the shepherds and the magi. They did what they were supposed to do. We need to do what we're supposed to do. And the Magi brought something. And we know this, and this has been uh, something that we you know, have known for a long time, and we see that they brought gifts. They brought gifts, the frankincense. And we see this in Matthew 2, chapter 11, uh, B. It says, Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they brought these gifts to the Lord. Now, why is this significant? I believe it's because we are supposed to bring gifts to the Lord as well, that we have this example in the scripture that we're to follow it. Now, I want to read to you a scripture that Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship, and we've heard this before. If you've been in the church for a while, you've heard this. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now I want to read it in the New Living Translation. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I believe that we can give God the gift of obedience, where we obey him the leading of his spirit, and we also obey his word. We walk in the will that he has for us. Popular scripture, we read it all the time. Again, here we go, Romans 12, 1, last verse. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And I believe I have a index card there, honey, if you could hand that to me. And um, there's a reason for this, you know, index card. And see, here's the thing. It's, it's reasonable to be a living sacrifice. Jesus died. 
on the cross. Pain and suffering. He was beaten. He was bruised for, for our, our iniquities, as the scripture says. But see, we're to be a living sacrifice, which is much easier, much better. Living's better than dying, church. <laughs> and we live by being obedient to him. And so what are the things that God is showing you and telling you that you need to do for him? What gift do you need to bring to the Lord? I actually believe the greatest gift that we could give back to him is to sacrifice for others. And I say that because Jesus said, a new commandment I give you is to love one another. So I believe that's the greatest gift we could give is just loving others and walk in love, showing love at all times. I know I, I got a long ways to go with that, with all my irritations and all my impatience and all of those things, not showing love so many times. But God wants us to show love to others. Now for this index card. Love demands a response. Our response to the love of the Father who sent his only son to be born in a manger should be adoration. We know that we should adore him. But we also need to give him gifts. In my house every year, we hang stockings on our fireplace. And, you know, here's a few of them. And this one here, we put up an extra one and we put Jesus there. Now that may seem kind of weird to you. And, I, and maybe you've heard me talk about this before at another Christmas time, because I have. But uh, maybe you haven't heard this. So what we do a lot of times, and, and sometimes we don't actually put the card in. We just think about it and we do it. But, um, you know, this year, my family, we're going to do this on Christmas Day. And we take a pen and we ask the Lord what we're to give. And we put it on that index card, what we're going to give. Maybe the Spirit's leading us and we just write it down. And what we do is we take the index card and we just pop it right in there. And what we say and we pray and we say, God, I thank you for your son who came to this earth to be born in the manger, to be our Savior, to be our Lord, to be our King, and to be a good, good father because he is good. And so we put that in and say, Lord, this is what I'm giving to you. And from there, what we have to do is we have to obey. Now, I know at New Year's, and there's a new year coming up here in 2023, a lot of people do New Year's resolutions. Maybe you're even thinking of them now. And most of the time, a New Year's resolution, for me, I start out good and it falls flat. Maybe it's working out changing a diet, whatever it may be. You know, I'm going to keep this room straightened the whole year. I'm not going to allow it to get piled up, whatever it is. My closet's not ever going to get piled. I got it organized now, hallelujah, or whatever, you know. But I always fall short, it seems, when it comes to New Year's resolutions. And so what I would say is, don't let this be a New Year's resolution when you're asking the Lord, what do I give to you? Maybe you could take an index card and write it down, but you don't have to. It's okay. That's just a, a way for my family, how we physically demonstrate, you know, a gift to the Lord. Uh, and we put that on there. But see, when we pray and we commit to the Lord, at that time, we do our best. You know, I remember all of my children, they've done activities. We, we homeschool our children, but we did activities for them. Joshua did soccer and 
did fencing. Sarah did soccer, and she did horseback riding. You know, Christopher did swim one year, and he did baseball another year, and he did taekwondo, you know. Aaron did swim, and he did it from, I mean, the time he was little, and he's still doing it. I mean, he, and he is a workout warrior. And it's an extra activity that he does outside of the house. And with that, what we've always told our kids is no pressure. No pressure. You just do your best. There were many times every single one of the kids would be upset and say, I can't do it. I can't make it. Or whatever it be. Or be frustrated or just express their frustration. And we tell them, you tried your best. You did your best. It's okay. I can't tell you how many times I said it's okay to my children in regards to those things. You know, God knows that we're trying our best when we're actually trying our best. And he looks down. I believe he's a graceful God. And he says, it's okay. He says, it's okay. And this Christmas, maybe you feel like this past year, you haven't measured up. I want to say to you, it's okay. Just write on that card, put it in there, and commit to God for this year coming up. And give that gift to him as he gave of himself we give of ourselves, and we give it to him. And so now our response is giving him that. Maybe we did it physically, maybe you didn't, but you did in there. But now it's time for us to verbalize what the Lord is telling us. And so I'm going to pray, and please stay on with us here. I'm going to pray, and I want you to verbalize to the Lord right where you're at what you're giving to the Lord. If you're in a place where you can't do that, Pause it, get somewhere where you can so that we can pray and we can give to the Lord because that's what we want to do right now. He gave, so we're giving. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for what you're showing us here today. Lord, the shepherds, they praised and they glorified. That's how they adored you. The magi came and they they laid down at your feet. They bowed. They prostrated themselves before you. Father God, I thank you that we would have those same responses and then take it a step further. Just as the Magi brought gifts, we would bring a gift to you. And Lord, here today, I say, I give myself. I give of myself. And I say, I am no longer on the throne, that you are on the throne, and that I will love others as you have loved me. I will do what you've commanded me to do. I will obey. To the best of my ability, Lord, I'm going to do it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. If you did that, I believe the Lord heard it. I believe the Lord saw it because he, in his word, it says he hears our prayers. He hears us when we talk to him. We draw nigh to God. He draws nigh to us. Amen. Amen.